and we are live with episode 21 of living the guide life today we have on the other guys outfitters from western nebraska hunting the panhandle out there for ducks geese a lot of little geese and then more towards the end of the season they run into some big honkers so it's fun to talk about that and really figure out the flight pattern the geese take over to west ne- west nebraska and the panhandle so the other guys outfitters bunch of good dudes they got a sweet dive bomb hunt coming up later in the year for the dive bomb 100k giveaway so we talk about that a little bit and uh hope you guys enjoy All right, we're here with Living the Guide Life, and we have episode 21 today with the guys from the Other Guys Outfitter. We have Matt and Craig are on. They're going to give us a rundown on the panhandle of Nebraska and what they do out there for waterfowl hunting. And so how's it going today? How's it going today, guys? Going good, man. Yourself? Yeah, just good, uh, good Minnesota weather up here. Basically, I'll tell you that. I mean, yeah, I didn't bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> little topsy turvy, that's for sure. Oh yeah, dude, it's 50 degrees, and I could basically be tanning right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100. percent And you guys, it's are... our rifle deer season, so it's basically the opposite of what you want for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our rifle deer season was um, like two weeks ago. And God, it was like 70 degrees then too, and it was terrible. Like the one weekend that it was warm, it was on deer hunting. Yeah, they're yeah, still hanging like, the deer when it's that warm. Yeah. Yeah, it was not <laughs> ideal for the most part. <laughs> did, how, does, how does deer season work up there? Uh, is, so, it, is it practically an orange army like how it is here, where everybody and their dogs takes their minivans and Toyota Corollas out and <laughs> load up and try killing deer oh yeah dude it's a big orange army like when we go up on like thursday and then even if you go up on like friday um like the entire the entire highway everyone going up north is wearing orange like oh jesus yeah like every car that you see there's orange in that car that's crazy that's how it is here i mean i think I think yep. people practically go buy deer tags and go deer hunting just for the, the simple fact that you can drive around and kind of just get away with whatever you want. I mean, we have, I think, one game warden in like a, a 300 square mile radius. So I know there's a lot of poaching that goes on and it's just, I just, I choose the waterfowl hunt instead and watch the people piss everybody else off. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you on that. Like we... The only reason I'd way rather waterfall hunt, I'm with you, but like, this is the one weekend that I go up and actually do deer hunt, and I just yep. try to shoot as many as I can to get a bunch of meat, so then I can eat all year round. Yep. <laughs> and that's about the I've only heard, I've heard, reason. Yeah, that's my my dad. I've heard the saying up north is a long time. I heard the saying up yeah. in Minnesota that if there's there's antlers above the hairline it gets shot oh yeah yeah there's no question like every every deer because like we have like the cwd stuff and 
like in the yeah. area that we rifle hunt and so like each each doe tags 250 and you can shoot as many as you want so like if, if oh it, i was like 250 bucks for a resident tag no no two dollars and fifty cents Oh, okay, I was like, holy cow, that is the most expensive deer tag I've ever heard of, except for, like, you know, like the, the big draw states. I'm sure that Wyoming and Colorado have some pretty expensive units. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be terrible. I wouldn't, you would not see my, you would not see me deer hunting if it was $250. That is a fact. <laughs> there, there ain't, there ain't a deer big enough. in Nebraska to do it. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah, there is, like you said, there's not a deer big enough for me to want to sh- pay 250 bucks. <laughs> like, or work that hard to, to get it. Yeah, no kidding. Like, and you're not even guaranteed to shoot a big one. Like, that would be terrible. But that's how it goes. But yeah, so how's yep. the waterfall season been for you guys down there? Well, we've been beating them up here pretty good lately. I think we got, we get our our typical early push of lessers and snow geese and I guess there's a few specs since we shot one in our last hunt but it's been it's been really good I've been we buried a pit about a couple of miles east of my house and dang that field had probably about three four thousand little geese and snows in it and I'm like I need to beat them out of here because I don't want this field to be bone dry by the time our clients roll in here in about a month <laughs> yeah because <laughs> Yeah. Those little geese they'll go and they'll sit in there all all day and eat it till there's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, I found even from teal season it, it it's been pretty wiped out weirdly because normally we really don't do all that well early season, but I I was rolling around and I found a flooded cornfield and I called the dude and it honestly like it, it's like what you dream of. I called the dude. He's from like California or something. And I left him a voicemail. My buddy actually left him a voicemail and he instantly called back, like literally like within minutes while we were all in the car looking at the field still. And he's like, yeah, you know, just be safe, be safe and go on out there and go ahead. If you like to kill the ducks, go ahead. And <laughs> dude, it was, it was like the first day we limited out so fast that like we all told each other like okay tomorrow like we're gonna take turns shooting you know and we're gonna like work some birds like because it it honestly is like the duck hunter video game where it's like they're all just flying around and you shoot them and guys are retrieving them and they're (laughs) still trying to land in the decoy and all guys are retrieving birds there's just absolute chaos that's awesome and then and then yeah we had a break and then big ducks open down there on the in the panhandle and Krager had some really good hunts um early season didn't you Krager? yeah opening day <coughs> got the covid yeah i was gonna say that covid's Open. hitting you hard <laughs> opening day we went out we shot 42 ducks oh wow uh, on a marsh up north and one of those things it, i think there was probably a 150 acre pond that had maybe about 25 acres open so the ducks were all segregated in one spot and we pushed them off to there and i think we shot we had 17 come in and i'm pretty sure we killed all 17 after they made their three or four little rounds around and then we're sitting here trying to call anybody and everybody we possibly could because there's so many ducks out there it's like 
there, there was a town about 10 miles away and we're like, you call your cousin, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, I don't really care. Everybody needs to bring a gun and come shoot because this is just chaos. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then awesome. whatever big duck, we, we've shot quite a few ducks out here too. I mean, I think my, my pit, I think we shot at least five or 10 ducks out of it every time and it's just big mondo wads of mallards that it's, it's unreal just to be able to do it out of a, a stationary pit is ridiculous other than having to go chase them around yeah no kidding is that your first pit that you guys have put in there uh yeah it, it was kind of we, we built it this last summer and i'm like like man dude this this field last year was consistent from date from i think november 15th till february 10th we shot birds out of it Oh, almost wow. on a weekly basis and I'm like yeah we need to bury a pit so we have a nine man pit out there and I think just just last Saturday we shot 30, 30 honkers and 20 25 ducks out of it oh wow and it was a yep, we had Duncan known yeah we had the owner split read in this last this last week and it was a it was a very good time oh that's awesome man yeah, it, it was. He, he, he met. He messaged us the night before and said, "Hey, man, you guys have birds. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hunting out here by myself. Can I come up and you guys have a spot in the pit?" I'm like, "You come up, man. We'll give her. We'll give her hell." And that was the day Matt was talking about earlier, where it just we had four seasons all in the matter of three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, he texted me. We we went and deer hunted in the morning. We got my brother a doe. Um, and he texted me around 11. He's like, man, do you think we should set up early? I was like, dude, I'm kind of like, I'm feeling that same same kind of thing driving. Because I was driving out to the shop and I was seeing ducks trading back and forth quite a bit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I kind of am feeling that same thing. And literally, like, as he was coming in, I'm like, dude, we got, even Krager, when Krager, um, we set the decoys and he went back to the shop to go grab something. And we had a flock of like 30 centils do it filthy. But there's only two of us in the pit that like had guns. And so we, we only shot two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're like, oh man, we got to get the honkers to it filthy. I'm like, bro, you got to get in here ASAP. Like, I don't know why. Don't, don't ask me why, because it's really not that cold, but they want it now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, dude. But then the very next day, you know, we were out scouting around, and they didn't come out until, like, 3.30. So we were kind of both saying, like, that that's with those little geese and with that weird cold front, that's kind of how it goes right now early season. We One day it's hot, one day it's not. But there for a while, those little geese, we, we couldn't beat them out of that field, honestly. We really couldn't. Fair enough. You shoot them up, and they just land on the other end of it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, no, that sounds you like... You guys shoot little geese up north? So, up in Minnesota, like, very rarely, I think we shot, like, two last year. And, like, we shot three so far this year. But, like, it's very... Um, uh, it Yeah, no, there's, like, not many little geese. It's all just big geese. Like, that's all we're... That's all we're targeting. There's a few here and there. Like, same with snows. Like, snows will be here every once in a while that we'll see on the roost. And then, like, you'll have your occasional speck flocks, too. But mainly just big honkers and a bunch of mallards. Yeah. 
that's what we once we get into our season that's what it'll be mainly here too is big honkers and mallards yeah a few widgets though there is there is some good widget numbers too that you can run into for sure yeah yeah like we have our mixed bags and stuff that you'll occasionally shoot the widgeon pintail stuff like that because we're more in the western part of the state closer to like south dakota and stuff like that so you'll have birds like push over more um but i mean nothing like what you guys are like down south will get for like widgeon and pintail flocks like we won't have that like just yeah, i've been watching ridiculous videos of of just mondo wads of widgeon and stuff and i'm like man that's pretty impressive I, we, we maybe see five or six in a group and they're the, they're the first ones in, but the first ones out. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't pull up and, and take your, your bonus widgeon right away and wait for the mallards to work around, you won't get another opportunity at them because they've already been in. Yeah. No okay. That's like we were in uh, North Dakota last weekend, and every, like, bonus duck or bonus widgeon that we shot, it was always, like, the first flock that was in and then, like – you wouldn't see any more widgeon. It was like the same type of deal. North Dakota with birds right now. Are they full? Yeah, it was pretty good for like mallards and geese for the most part. Um, Started to freeze up quite a bit while we were up there. Like there's still a lot of geese holding and stuff like that on the big um, heated ponds that they have at like the plantations and stuff. But uh, all like the main sloughs and stuff, they started to freeze up pretty good. They birds were keeping them open but you could tell they were going to start pushing pretty hard pretty soon so like this is my buddies that we hunt up with up there they were telling me like it usually right about now is kind of when you finish up shooting ducks um and it's just mainly honkers for the rest of the year because those biggies those things won't move until there's six inches of ice on the on the lake and they can't get any more water they're, yeah they're stubborn Oh, yeah, if there's open water, they're going to stay there. Like, that's the same deal up here. We'll have, like, your rivers and stuff like that that'll, like, everything is completely frozen besides, like, a few creeks. And then they just load up in those until, like, those officially freeze over. Like, if there's open water, they're going to stay. And with, like, the factory heated ponds and stuff like that, it's nice because they'll stay open for really long or, like... They have, like, the waste management ponds, like, in different smaller mm-hmm. towns and stuff like that. And they have, like, they're basically just ice eaters in them. Like, they just always keep a flow of water. So, like, they'll never freeze up. And, like, you'll get a lot of birds out on those. Yeah, we're, we're oh, yeah, we got, we got one wide river. Pond. Yeah, you guys. Are, we got one wide factory pond. Yeah. That is muddy when it gets really cold. Like, you can literally sit there for, like, a mile away and watch the steam roll off that bad boy. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. And, like, it'll be... <laughs> like, dude, it'll be, like, up here... I think the coldest we've hunted was probably, like, negative 20. And, I mean, they're still just rolling. Like, they do not care yeah. about the cold. As long as there's water, like, they're going to stay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, luckily our section of the river doesn't freeze. Yeah. I, it, it slushes. Like, it'll slush a little bit. 
but it really it, it freezes about 30 miles 45 miles to the west of us if it gets or to the east of us sorry if it gets really cold and yeah. that's when our duck season will get really good is if we can get like yeah about 30 to 45 miles east of us frozen all the way to like omaha where it dumps into the missouri yeah that's when we get a really good east west migration yeah and it can get good yeah yeah because i was looking at your guys like instagram and i was looking at all like the pictures of your like smaller rivers and stuff that you guys hunt and that'd be sweet to go do that that'd be pretty uh pretty it, cool it, scenery that slew was a really fun hunt too that craig has uh he can tell you more about that because that's his grandpa's place but that's a really fun place to hunt yeah my grandpa about 10 years ago he he brought four dozers in and said i'm gonna make me a slew through here I don't give a shit about anything else. He's like, I, I just want, I want it just, just to hold ducks and geese. So I don't know. I don't want to know the amount of money he spent to push dirt around to, to get water, but it, they, they were down there for about two or three months and he got a slew and now it's like naturally fed out of the ground and, and don't freeze. And it oh, holds wow. probably a couple hundred ducks from opening day all the way till the end of season. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I call it the widgeon slough because you you can't beat the widgeon off of there. You could go start hunting at two o'clock in the afternoon and shoot your ducks in the afternoon, or you can go at first light and shoot your ducks in twenty minutes. I mean, it's just a a ridiculous. I I, I don't know what's what it is, but it's a it's a very very fortunate thing to have in my on my side. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that, yeah, we went out there like tracks of rivers. Up north, like, kind of ponds and like, Yeah, like, we have, like, the big river that, like, if it gets late, you can hunt the Missis or, like, the Minnesota, and, like, you can hunt, like, sandbars and stuff, which I want to kind of do this year because that'd be cool. I haven't done it yet because um, I just moved down here this year, and so I'd like to go do that, but then, like, we do have smaller creeks and stuff, just depending on the area, like... We'll go hunt some smaller stuff, and then a lot of the smaller creeks, though, like, run through a lot of woods and, like, a lot of deer country, so, like, you won't get birds down in there. Um, I got you. But, like, yeah, like, some of the some of the stuff will be good, and then, like, there's a lot of drainage ditches that, like, it's kind of weird to think about that, like, you can go hunt those because they're, like in every field but then like certain drainage dishes like they'll hold up mallards and it's like pretty cool to go see that and just hunt a drainage just like lay in the grass and then they just drop straight down in that's, that's, that's pretty nuts yeah yeah like oh. it's pretty interesting to do that but i like love hunting stuff like that where it's just like kind of out of the ordinary instead of hunting like a cornfield or something all the time like i love going to mm -hmm. try new spots like that yeah here when they when their slush starts floating down the river if you can get that cold like where it can get below zero and stay you know below freezing for a day or two yeah um that's when we can really get on some really cool hunts because the ducks will go find here the, that natural spring water is really close to the ground, so there's a lot of sloughs that naturally stay open, and they, they don't even move hardly. And I mean, you, you literally can jump across them. Wow. Uh, they're so small. 
And one day, one day when we were kids, uh, there I had permission on a field for geese, and I noticed one day that it never uh, froze. And so we went down there and started hunting for ducks, and we we walked up and we jump shot like I don't know. There was eight of us, and we could shoot. I I think. Oh, we probably shot halfway to our limit just on one jump, and we're like, "Oh man, maybe we should like set up here and and did." And they, yeah, when you can get them in and hit them with a baseball bat, dang near, that's really really fun. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Because are you guys? Yeah, mainly- you don't get the big big spins doing that, but it's it's like a gentleman's type of hunt, you know, where it's like ones and twos, and yeah, you can call out shots, and you know for sure, like it's it's an easy shot. You know, you can take your twenty gauge out if you really wanted to. Yeah, no kidding pick out the drakes and all that kind of stuff like really get into it yep yep yeah that's sweet yeah so what's the panhandle of nebraska like because i've hunted more near like lincoln last year i went out there um and hunted with some buddies but like what is it kind of the same deal or is it like way different environment out there? so i actually live in lincoln and it is polar opposite really 100 <laughs> percent polar opposites in lincoln you're chasing you know birds off of lakes and there is the there is the platte river that's north of you and you got the missouri to the east yeah but you know in lincoln you're chasing them off lakes ponds and in scott's bluff we have a nice and it's the whole western western nebraska in general uh, the Platte River holds the birds. Like, there's a few lakes, you know, but there's not a whole lot of water. Once you hit Lake McConaughey, like, Lake McConaughey is North Platte River dumps into Lake McConaughey. It's just dammed up. Yeah. That holds the mecca of waterfowl for uh, Panhandle until it freezes. And then, like I said, we get that east-west migration, and they just follow the river up. Okay. And as long as it does what it normally does, it freezes about 45 miles to the east of us, and it that's when it gets really good. We have a valley, and if you go 20 miles to the north of the river and you go 20 miles to the south, I mean, you're 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 not in goose country or duck country anymore, you know. So it kind of it kind of concentrates them for us. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, so for us. In Lincoln, you just don't see the bird numbers you do out west. Like yeah. you, you won't see a tenth of the birds you you'll see out west, just for the sole fact of, I don't know if it's less people. Um, it is one hundred percent a completely different uh, migration path for us. We get our birds from Montana, and okay. uh, a lot of people look at us funny when we say that, but we we get those birds that follow the Rocky Mountains down. And then Lincoln gets, like I said, those birds that are like, I think, the North Dakota birds, uh, Saskatchewan, that type of stuff. But, yeah, our big push comes from Montana. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's where a lot of our birds will come from, right down the Rockies. Yeah. That's so I think that had, that plays a big factor into why you see, you know, 100,000 bird, birds in one day as opposed to, you know, maybe 10,000. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you guys hunt the Platte River at all? You know, we, Krager, like he, his grandpa bought that place and he, we've had that for a long time and we have access to some stuff that is down by uh, west of town. So we have two or three blinds on the Platte River, but 
it, it definitely isn't a secret that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really, really hard to get on, and you end up paying so much money that we we kind of chase them in the fields more. I mean, we do have the river blinds, and yeah. we do offer that. And we'll usually, if it's a three day hunt, we'll at least do the river blind once, yeah. one morning, um, one day. Because it's fun to do and it's a different type of hunt. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that when the wind blows, it's good. Yeah, Gregor can tell you more about that. So, yeah, when when on the North Platte River, the the ducks and the geese they station on on areas of rivers that are practically reserves that, that people never hunt. And I think just where my grandma's place is about three miles to the east, there's a, a sanction, and then there's three miles to the west, there's a sanction that holds. Thirty to forty thousand ducks on each of them, and Jeez. it's it's it, it, it's hard to beat them out of there because it's like I'm safe here. I don't get shot at. So the ducks, it, if it's nice, they won't leave the river until dark. Yeah, they'll sit there and just jump around on a on a hundred yard section from group to group. But when you get when you get those big masses of ducks up that night, they we have a cold front pushing in. The, the pressures drop. You can sit there and watch ducks oil off the river for probably two and a half hours of tens of thousands. I I, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to see how many ducks sanction in those two areas. But I can tell you, if you can get underneath one of those duck feeds, it's uh, second to none. Yeah. It is insane. Check it. The latest video I just posted is that that's how big it can be when it when it's on one of the guys that guides down here i don't know because i didn't see it but he was saying he found a lake that had almost a hundred thousand mallards packed in on it jeez uh so i i think i think as soon as we get a freeze man as soon as we can get some cold weather like Craig said it could could get good for yeah. sure just gotta find them yeah no kidding just a matter of it's just a matter of getting out of these 70 degree days because any type of water that's trying to freeze up is right back open and you could be fishing instead of hunting yeah no kidding this especially in november yeah, like I, why is it 70 degrees like even where we're at right? it's like why is it so warm well let's just let's just say in, in september we had two days back to back that it was a high of 21 low of like three Jeez. I'm like, awesome. We're getting some cold weather early. This is going to be great. We're going to yeah. shoot the shit out of the birds. And then all of a sudden, a week and a half later, it was 70 degrees, five days straight. And every little pothole that was frozen is wide back open and completely jam-packed with ducks again. Yeah. It's, you can't, and that's one thing you can't bet on is the weather because no. it'll definitely kick you straight square in the nuts as soon as you think you got it figured out. <laughs> yeah. You could say that again. That is a hundred percent true. Uh, yeah. And have you noticed that? Yeah, man, that's birds up north. What was that? With Canada being shut down, have you noticed more birds up north now that Canada's been shut down? I mean, been yeah. Kind of a. Like, there's been quite a few that have been pushing through. So, I mean, definitely could see that, and they aren't. Um, they aren't as skittish as skittish as much either. Like, they're pretty pretty relaxed on like pretty much anything you do um but i mean yeah with canada being closed like nothing nothing got shot up up there so like there there was clear coasting for them all the way down here 
Yeah, I bet the Minnesota boys love that. How the birds are fresh pretty much every single migration. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really every, nice. Every north wind, you just go set up, and it's like, how many birds do you guys want to shoot? Because it, they're going to see decoys, and they aren't going to know what the hell they are. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was so and like <laughs> yeah, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, like so many different fields we've hunted like multiple times and it's like just new birds pushing in they just don't care so your guys' style of hunting is hunting migration instead of hunting locals correct like your, your birds are constantly trading back and forth aren't they instead of going to a pond follow them out to a field hunt that field you guys do a lot more of migration hunting like right? Yes and no. Yes and no. Because, like, we'll have... So, we'll have a bunch of locals that we'll go chase. But then you'll also just have a bunch of new birds always kind of pushing in. And so, you'll be able to go shoot the locals up or whatever. But then there's also going to be new birds, like, funneling down. And they're just going to be like, yep, I see that spread. Like, perfect. Let's go hit it. Or, like, when it gets really late, like, usually, like, right about now, next week, is when, like it really gets really good and because you'll just have usually it'll be all like a lot of stuff frozen up and so then like you'll just have birds that stay here and then you'll have new birds pushing into the ponds every day and building it up and building it up and then you just follow those around and just keep shooting them up because they're so stupid that they don't even realize it because it's so cold and like they just get they just get dumb to feed and you'll be like walking around the spread like birds will be dumping in like they're just like so cold out they're so hungry that they just don't care at all like we we'll drive we'll be driving out of the field and there'll be like birds jumping up out of the field like while we're going and like we already limited out or whatever and then we'll just keep like seeing birds dump in they just they're just hungry and they're just about it I'm hoping we get I'm hoping we get the super cold weather that everybody keeps talking about this year because that's I mean once we get the big geese hunting becomes easy but yeah. the last two years <laughs> we haven't got the big geese since till the last like week or two of goose season it's like we're so burned out it's like you know we could go kill our limited geese but we also could just go put decoys away and call it a year we've, we've been grinding every day for the last month and a half yeah what's we got another Dude, what has definitely helped is the, we've moved to doing silos and socks mostly if we can. You know, if we can get it done with silos and socks, we, we've done it. And, dude, my, my back says thank you. <laughs> my time says thank you for <laughs> sure. Not having to pull the – we have – my our decoy trailer is still in the shed. Like, it's, it hasn't even came out yet. Yeah, and I think we've only thrown like three or four bags um, total so far. So guys, yeah, we've we've been lucky that we haven't had to work real hard so far. But yeah, it it gets to be a grind once you're because we do two, we'll do two hunts a day a lot of the times. That's yeah. what we sell, and so and you know there there's times where you can set up in the in the field, go up in the morning, shoot your geese, come back out in the afternoon, shoot some more geese, and shoot your ducks. Yeah. But that's a good day. Yeah. And you can do it in the same field. But a lot of the times, 
there's there's a lot of times where we have to, you know, hit a hay field in the morning instead of the corn or like beans or maybe we'll go to the river because they're loafing too hard or you know what I mean? So it, it gets to be a grind for sure. The big geese make it a little bit easier on us just because they don't uh, they don't play as many mind games as the ducks and the little geese do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> I've heard that lessers are just beat you up back and forth and that oh, yeah. I mean there's when there's you gotta so kill 35 dozen to 50 dozen to kill it that, that'll tell you in its own I mean it's tough yeah no kidding like we'll be we'll be ripping some uh, like we'll run big spreads out here like later in the season and uh, mm-hmm. for the big geese like if we're trying to run a lot of guys and we're chasing like migrators that are coming through like i mean what it yeah. would be like we'll run i don't know anywhere from 50 dozen to like 70 dozen and just like fill a field all full bodies no no we like full bodies and then the silhouettes how many trailers did 75 dozen full bodies oh yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty intense like we have i mean in my trailer i have like 50 dozen silhouettes and then like I don't know like 7 to 10 dozen full bodies and then my other buddy's got like another trailer of like 20 dozen full bodies and then another trailer of like 20 dozen full bodies so like we could run some big spreads if we needed to and it just depends on like if it's going to be a big migration day and then we'll like run like 12 guys and just go tear it up and uh just get on that like good flyway that we know they're gonna come down. They they love to follow the highway. So like if you get a field right off the highway, mm-hmm. and then like just have them just coming from the heavens and it's fun. It's so much fun. Does, does the three bird minimum suck or the three bird limit suck? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's terrible. It's like one group. I'm limited out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get all this work for one group. Yeah. Like from a guide standpoint, it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's we'll be out there and like last year we had a flock of like we had like six guys, had a flock of like fifteen do it, and like fourteen of them died and we're like, Okay, well we only need four more birds now. Like that's lit. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, half, of us, half of us have to unload our guns because we're already done. <laughs> yeah, like, Gregor, didn't you say there was one of those days with the lessers it was like that? Yeah, we shot we shot our limit, a three-man limit and two volleys. It was like the, the second volley we shot into because it was like, I think me and my other buddy, we doubled on our first shot and we're like yelling down the pit like, I got two, I got two. <laughs> And then the other guy's like, well, I shot one. And I think we need, like, one more. And it was like we're yelling at each other trying not to. I mean, it's like. Yeah. Because when you jump up and shoot two in one shot, you don't ever really plan on that. Yeah. We're, I, I quit shooting after my first shot because I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm limited. <laughs> I mean, you guys you guys can finish up the last couple birds because it was, it was hectic. And then we walked out, picked up our birds, and I'm like, oh, you guys are you guys are pretty good at counting because that would have scared me a little bit. But the <laughs> yeah. first the first volley when you have when you have three guys and you drop seven out of a group, you're like, dang, that was really good. 
Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, we, this next time we definitely need to be very cautious with shooting because all it takes is one guy to mess up and then you're, you have a game warden at your house knocking on the door saying, hey, you shot over your limit, let me write you a ticket. Yeah. Nobody liked that, that visit at all. No. That is not, not the ideal scenario. Uh, is it, do you guys, are you guys pretty strict with Game of Parks up, top, up north? There is not many game wardens up here. Like, you, I think I've ran into the game warden maybe twice in my life. And I've been hunting since I was, like, 11, I think. And so, yeah, like, I've been chasing ducks and geese since I was 11. And so I've ran into them twice in the field, I think. Like, there's not many of them. Like, very rarely. We got stopped in Lincoln. Which I was like, oh, fair enough. There is there a lot of game wardens over there? Because like, the first hunt we got stopped. That's too bad. There's a lot of game wardens in Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, there is. They just because between the Lincoln and Omaha area, and Nebraska is only about, I think three percent public. I think they're like literally fifty set or forty seven of the 50 states in public land access. Yeah. It's very, very concentrated on where they like, you do not want to be caught dead duck hunting during rifle season on any public land in, in Eastern Nebraska. I would say <laughs> from Grand Island East, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's quite a few, but not like, it's weird though, because for hunting up, I still haven't gotten stopped out in out in Lincoln. Our, no, 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 that, that's a lie. Last year, I... It, have you ever heard of the Rainwater Basin in Nebraska? I have not. So it, look it up sometime because that's a really cool place to, like, uh, freelance if you have the time to scout the day before. Yeah. But uh, we... When I moved down there for college, um, my buddies told me not to go down there. They're like, dude, it's a war zone on opening day. I was like, all right, well, I won't go on opening day. We'll we'll kind of go down during the week. And one of my buddies was like, dude, we slammed him up on this place if you want to go. And so we went, we took seven guys, and we absolutely smashed them. Like, don't ask me why. I guess with Teal, you never know. Like, it, there's no, like because it's not cold weather during that time, you know? So yeah. it's just kind of like either we're going to smash them the first 30 minutes or we're not. And we absolutely pounded them until like 10 o'clock, I think. Like we shot a full 42. Oh, wow. And I, it, it was an unmarked truck that was watching us. And I thought it was just, you know what I mean? Someone watching. So I kind of like, I waved at them, you know? I was like, kind of gave them the what's up, showed yeah. them the birds. Um, and uh, he, when we were sledding all the birds back, he uh, he got out of his truck and walked in. It was a federal game warden. And we're like, oh, okay, here we go. And mm-hmm. um, that's kind of when I got when I got my first lesson of you always need to have the birds separated. Yeah, he didn't write us a ticket or anything like that. But that was that was the only thing that he was like, you know, what I mean, like, can you tell me who shot which teal? And <laughs> you kind of just pick up six. You're like, yeah, I shot these ones. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. That, but he was really cool. That that was the only time that I've I've seen a game warden. That was a federal game warden. Dang. Other than that, I like I all my buddies 
say that they get stopped a lot. I fish literally almost every day of the summer out here just because bass fishing is good out here. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I grew up walleye fishing, so uh, <laughs> I, I did bass just because that's what you do out here, but yeah. I still never got stopped. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. Yeah, no, it's uh yeah, there's My favorite not... thing to do down here is the Missouri, for sure. And catch a lot of bass? No, to, to hunt, for down here, the Missouri is my favorite thing oh, um, okay. as of right now, just because not very many people can do that. For fishing, Lake McConaughey is the best of the best in Nebraska, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, if you go dur- during April, the second week into April, you're going to catch – it just bring. 10 to 15 pound line because you're going to catch a 30 inch walleye Jeez. like what 100% if you fish the walleye spawn you're going to catch a 30 inch walleye that's if you, if you do it long enough and hard enough yeah yeah that's There's rowdy tons of them in there that's yeah, super it rowdy it, it, it's a lot of fun for sure yeah no kidding yeah that'd be uh pretty intense but yeah so like when you guys, yeah, the bass—they're just kind of something I do to pass my time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, during the summer, you got to do something. Yep. Yep. We don't get. I think Lincoln area. I, I've been thinking about trying it. Lincoln area gets quite a few good snow goose migrations south of Lincoln. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about trying that, but out in the Panhandle where we're at, there is a good snow goose migration if you go down to like the Colorado border, like right on the edge there. Okay. But I mean, that's a drive for us, and we just we've never chased them just because I don't know. It just seems like that's something I think I would probably pay or just like trade somebody hunts for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it just seems like a lot of work to get your heart crushed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear ya. Because with ducks and geese, with ducks and geese, um, Canada's in Mallards. It's like we're gonna go out in the morning till nine or ten. Yeah. We're gonna go have some food. We'll go back out. We'll try it again. And that's yeah. how it goes. But with snow geese, you sit there all day, and it's always windy in the spring. It's always windy. Yeah. You know, there is no like, oh, you know, we should take a break and go get some food. It's like you never know when they're gonna roll through. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. But. I kind of do want to try it sometime. That is something I, I want to try, but we don't do a whole lot of. We don't really chase snows. Yeah. We do when they're here in the fall, which isn't very isn't much. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, no, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty intense. How far are you guys from the border of Colorado? Uh, uh probably an hour, forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah. Okay, so you guys yeah, are pretty far like west then. Miles. Oh yeah, oh, we're, we're we have we have a river blind that literally I I think you could see Wyoming from it. No kidding. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty far west then. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, Scott's Bluff is Scott's Bluff is thirty five miles from the Wyoming border. We're Damn. literally in the Panhandle, the Central Panhandle. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because I'm looking at the maps yep, right about now. about 400 miles west of Lincoln on I-80. Okay, okay. So, like, I'm just looking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Once you hit Sydney, you but Well, if you're going, most people, when you hit Ogallala, you take the highway that goes northwest, or you can go all the way to Sydney on I-80 and then go north. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. 
Okay, yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty far west then. Like you yeah, guys are right, I mean. like you guys they, are right when, in that when corner. When we say our birds are Montana birds, they definitely follow the Colorado Rockies down. Yeah, no kidding, because Sydney is right there. Like it is yep. very far west. Like yeah, you guys are southwest, right on the border down over there. That's crazy. Yeah, you guys yeah stay? we grew up on the river, that's for sure. Do you guys stay but out there? Gregor like, invited me when I was young. Say that again? Do you guys stay out there while you're guiding? Or do you, like, keep going back and forth yeah, out I, there? Yeah, lives out there, and I'm planning on moving back out there. I We grew up out there. Okay. Got, I, my dad got me into duck hunting, but more like jump shooting. Craigers the one that really got me into decoying birds. We were yeah. probably, what, like 10? I was maybe 8, somewhere in there, 8 to 10 down on that river property his grandpa bought and you know it's just kind of like a light switch i go you know like that this is awesome like i this i want to make this somehow my job like i and you know you a lot of kids dream about you know becoming michael jordan or stuff like that and none of that stuff ever seemed realistic to me but for some reason making money guiding hunts or making money hunting somehow whether it was tv or guiding or something it that seemed realistic to me no matter how many people said it wasn't yeah and luckily Craiger felt the exact same way and so it yeah pretty much Craiger has taught me everything that i know so far <laughs> fair enough so did you guys grow up together then pretty much yeah since i'd say we've been hunting together since we were 10 and we're i'm 24 now okay and we went to school together yep basketball football all that good stuff yeah no kidding and then you go out to school in lincoln then or what were you saying um, you I live out in lincoln for a while yeah i live here now i went to school for a while to be a teacher and uh you know, Craiger was guiding, and he kept, he, he would text me, you know, like, dude, look at this feed, you know, like, you yeah. can come down and help if you want to, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that sounds way better than going to class, so, <laughs> and so he kind of, he got me into it Yeah. Uh, two or three years ago, just sort of into it, he was doing it full time, Yeah. and then that's when we kind of were like, we have, you know, the access to do this, and Gregor is the mastermind behind where the ducks and geese are going, what to do, where to set it up. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of both were like, you know, we could do it your way. I, I'm really good at doing the booking. I handle a lot of, I do all our social media stuff. I'm trying to get good on the camera. Fair enough. And so we, it, it works really, really well because we, we both play our strengths, I think, really well, which is nice. Yeah. That's sweet then, dude. Do you guys... Yeah. We're, you guys, we're not too big. We're just... Let's say that again. No, Sorry. keep going. <laughs> uh, we're not too big. We just... I think we're running like 40 clients this year or so, maybe less. Somewhere okay. in there. You know, groups of four or five. I think our biggest group is like six. Oh, fine. Uh, we do three-day hunts just because, I mean... You're not going to eat any of them while you're here, most likely. I mean, most people don't want to eat them <laughs> while they're down here. They want to eat, like, prime rib and, yeah. you know, good stuff. Yeah. We're known for really good Mexican food, but... Okay. Yeah, we we don't do double groups either. Like, we don't do multiple groups at a time. So it really is pretty much me and Krager 
Um, and then we have a guy named Jade McDonald that helps us a lot. And then Jeff helps us a lot. Schmidt. Okay. And Ethan um, helps us every once in a while. But for the most part, like when it comes to the grunt work, it really is you're, you're talking to them. We don't, we don't really employ anybody. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, dude. And you guys got... Yeah. Weren't you guys part of the um, dive bomb deal for like the 100,000 followers? That they're like coming out yeah, to hunt with you guys? Yeah, we're the... Yeah, we're the third group they come with. Yeah. For the last day and a half of hunting, they go hunt with yep. a group out in Colorado, then the group in Kansas, and they come with us. That'll be sweet. Yeah, we got really lucky last year. Uh, I messaged Asher, and all the roads were closed, and I was like, hey, you guys are literally like right, like you are within spitting distance of us and we have a mallard feed they're wild birds i'm not going to tell you you know because it was dangerous road conditions like it really was but everything was closed i'm like i don't want to tell you it's going to be really good and then like because they are wild birds but it's about as close to a guarantee as we can get yeah and he had his dad with them and we we smashed them i mean it it was one of those perfect days in the snow that you hope for yeah, and they had a really good time, and so we've been very, very gracious to um, have his word. I guess a lot of our a lot of our clients will tell you like, "Oh, how'd you hear about the other guys' outfitters?" And a lot of them this year are like, "Oh, well, someone asked Asher about you guys, and he had nothing but good things to say." So you know that was that was really all it took. Fair enough. Yeah, that's so awesome. We got really, really, really lucky with those, with him. And then with Split Read, we had a really good on this past week. And so those those guys are really, really cool down-to-earth guys. I like I like Asher and Nick and Duncan and all those guys. They're, they're cool dudes for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so who comes out for the dive bomb um, hunt with you guys then? I think it's Forrest and... Okay. I, I don't know the other guy that's coming with dive bombs. It's four yep. I don't know the other one, around. but I know. Yeah, go I'm excited to hear Forrest on a goose call. I've heard I've heard some things, and I actually last night found a YouTube video of him, or maybe not a YouTube video. He might have posted it—a video of him going to town on a Tim Ground goose flute call. That I was like, oh my gosh, dude! Like I. I know guys with single read calls that can't do it that good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm excited to hear that guy call because I, I think it, I think he's good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he, he was, was a. Modest, but I, when I asked him, but yeah, I have a good feeling he's good. Yeah, because wasn't he in competition calling? I want to say he did competition calling and won some. I do think he was in the circuit for a while. Yeah, yeah. I do think he was circuiting for a while. So yeah, it's what's nice about them is they're they. They want you to have success with the product, so they they don't feel like they're bigger than you, but they they will like give you advice and like show you how to do it without yeah. without making you feel dumb. You know what I mean? Like it does kind of make you feel dumb when we started using them and we they showed up that day like, dude, you just gotta spread these things out. Yeah, you know, and we're like, well, you know, like all right i guess if you say so you know and then lo and behold this year we started spreading them out a little bit more and it it definitely has helped yeah yeah because how many uh silhouettes do you guys usually run on your hunts 
it just depends on the year. Like, like right now we're only running, I think, 20 dozen. Okay. We're running 15 dozen socks and 10 dozen uh, upright or V2Fs or whatever. But yeah. now later in the year, we'll probably start running. I think we got 75 dozen that we'll probably run just... It, it, all it is is just the right place. I mean, if, if we're yeah. on the X, we probably won't run more than 20 dozen ever because it's kind of just extra work that's not needed. Yeah. If the birds want to yeah. be there, they'll come into to two dozen goose decoys. I think, <laughs> I think we get caught up on the, the thing of looking at all the bags, the dive bombs, and like, oh, man, we need to throw them all instead <laughs> of, like, the realistic standpoint of, there's one of us calling. I can't sound like a thousand yeah. decoys, you know? Like, it's like, let's maybe be realistic and maybe throw, you know, like 10 dozen and it could be a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Well, the nice, that's what's nice about the big geese is the big geese don't feed in feeds of, you know, a hundred thousand birds. Like, you can actually get on a feed of three or four hundred birds and, and smack 50, not maybe not 50 of them, but you know what I mean? Like, you. They don't all feed in one place, so you you don't have yeah. to throw. Uh, and they don't come, they don't come out yeah, one at a time. They don't come out all at once. They come out at six to ten to singles to pairs. I mean, they're they're a lot easier to hunt because these lessers. I think it's happened two times already this year that they all came out at one time in like a volley of fifteen hundred, and it's like, well, we can shoot at them right now and absolutely just bust this field up or let them fly by and land on the corner of the field. Yeah. Like, it, 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 they're so hard to hunt. <laughs> they, they're really frustrating to hunt. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, I can and imagine. Then you got guys in the south, like down in Texas, like Toby, Cadillac Creek, you got Stanfield Outfitters. Those guys, I don't know if they just have 10 times the amount of lessers that we have here and it's easier to do. But those guys, they burn them up every single day, and I just, I, I can't put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, they, they shoot them up. There's no question about that. They've been smashing the cranes <laughs> down there right now. I know it, it, it's getting ridiculous how many they're killing. It, they've been smashing them. It's awesome to watch their videos. Oh yeah, like they've had, they've only had one day out of 17 days that they haven't limited out. On cranes. Is crane two? What was that? Is crane is the limit on cranes two? I think it's three so down it is, there. Is it only one. Three. Yeah, I want to say it's nice. yeah, yeah. Because when I talked to Jacob, it worth it. yeah. Because yeah, yesterday when I talked to Jacob about it, he was saying that there is a crane limit of three down in Texas. So yeah. I guess that wouldn't be so bad if you did a three-day hunt. You get to take home nine birds, eighteen breasts. Yeah, and crane is super good. Get, get some good food and yeah, get some drinks in you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's a good. That deal. is something we Nebraska is the only state in the Central Flyway that you can't shoot cranes. Really? You can shoot them in North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Wyoming. I think even Colorado has a crane season, but. From Kearney to Grand Island is apparently the crane capital of the world. If you go, if you drive down I-80 in Nebraska in the spring, like yeah. you, you can't even 
they're so protected that you're not allowed to snow geese. You're not allowed to hunt snow geese within three miles of the river. Wow. And they have like sanctuaries built for people to watch them. Like it literally is millions of cranes, like not thousands, but millions. Every single field will have like 10,000 feeding in it. I don't know why they just all funnel through about a 90 to 100 mile stretch and it's insane. So yeah, they're, they're like federally protected here. That's crazy. That's yeah, super insane. It's, it's, but that happens in the spring, though, so I really don't understand why they don't let the... Because way out west where we where we duck and goose hunt, the cranes work shooting are coming from, like I said, the, they follow the Rocky Mountains down. So I don't, I don't know why we don't get to hunt them, but we don't get to hunt them. We want, I want to someday, though, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're fun to hunt. Like, I shot my first crane this year, and it was... Like, pretty cool to see them just work in. Like, they're such a big bird and they're so mean. Like, they are very aggressive. Like, oh, they have really aggressive birds. Oh, yeah. Like, they'll be like trying to peck at you, like, if they're still alive. And, like, they'll jump up in their little karate kid, like, move where they have their wings out and, like, one foot out trying to poke you with it. And, yeah, they are not, they are not a nice species at all like they're if they're hurt they're gonna try to like hurt you even worse yeah you don't really ring the neck you just shoot it again in the head yeah or bring like a bat and just smack them across the dome (laughs) (laughs) a bat yeah I mean well I see I see the dogs they just get absolutely tore up oh yeah by cranes yeah that's crazy to think but at the same time i mean those things got a beak an eight or six to eight inch beak that literally will fuck their eyes out not even trying yeah yeah no we uh, yeah those dogs are unbelievable and then like when we'd hunt them like my buddy up there when we were chasing cranes he's like yeah shoot him in the wing so then I can go chase him down with the bat and you just see him swinging the bat around the field just <laughs> ripping it <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh like it's the funniest I mean, thing ever like he's got this I can tell you if PETA, if, if PETA drove by they probably wouldn't be too happy with you Oh no, they would not be pleased because he's got this like they got they bought an axe handle, and they just go around there just swinging, for the, like just swinging for the fences at these things. You freaking put the nail through the through the end of the bat for a, for a dagger or what? <laughs> that, that would be not a bad idea. <laughs> That's ruthless, man. That's like you got your duck finisher on the end of a baseball bat. I mean, I guess that's what they're that's what they're there for, right? Yeah, isn't that why they make those duck finishers for to put at the end of your bat? Like, uh. I I don't know how many people I see have those duck finishers on their lanyard. And they're like, hey, man, can I, you, you want me to finish that bird? And I sit there and I ring the neck right in front of them. Like, why don't, why, you spend $20 on a piece of metal. I have my hand that's free. I mean, why would I, why would I give it to you to do it? I mean, we're shooting birds. If we're trying to do it the ethical way or the the neat way, what difference does it make? I mean, yeah. don't, you shouldn't be shooting birds if you're, that's what you're worried about. Oh, exactly. Like, you're killing the bird no matter what. Like, it's, I'm... I'm just gonna grab the neck and just swing it. <laughs> I, I've seen. I think I've seen more birds struggle with 
people using finishers and whatnot than just grabbing it, wringing its neck, throwing it on the ground, and it's done. I mean, I, it's, it's just the easiest way to take care of the business. Yeah. Oh, and the people that have them love them. They're like, yeah, I don't know what I'd do without this thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> what have you done the last three years you've been hunting and you didn't have one? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, your life is just changed when you get one of those things. Like somebody had, Before like, I lost my lanyard, I actually had a screwdriver that was, like, sharpened that I that I would jab into the back of their head sometimes that, that a guy gave me. I didn't pay for it, but a guy gave me, and so I used it sometimes. But like you said, I mean, half the time I would do it, and it would still be alive. And then I would wring its neck afterwards, so it's like, well, what was the point in the first step if I had to wring its neck afterwards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! But I, I can see how I, I can see how guys, some guys like them, but yeah, I, I'm I'm more of a ring it, hang it, yeah. keep on. <laughs> the only reason, like, I could really see behind it is like if you're gonna mount a bird and you don't want to break the neck. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. That's like the only real that's reason. Why I, I have an extra one. I'll probably keep on my lanyard just in case. You know, there is a client that's like, "Dang, that's a pretty bird. Like, I want to keep it." Then you can just. Well, at the same time, though, then you're creating a hole in the. Yeah. I don't know. I guess then you're making a hole in the cape, though. At the same time, so I don't know. Yeah, that is true. I didn't. Which really is, that. I feel like that head might be a pretty hard spot to stitch up. I'd say I'd say you don't have a good taxidermist that they complain about a little people on the back of the head. Yeah, that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'd say. I'd be like, man, you, I'm paying you five hundred dollars to mount this bird. You can't use seven inches of string to sew up a little hole. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take my my work elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I have an extra like screwdriver that's like sharpened up, so I I, I throw that on there. But I mean. Yeah, it's basically just going to be for if people want them cleaned. Or, you know, I, I will say I don't hunt with the dog. Uh, so it, I hit a point, if we're shooting big geese and they're coasting, like if, because, you know, I love the clients. I love every single one of our clients. But some of them, you know, and even when you buddy hunt, you shoot geese and one of them, those big geese, you can rock them, like literally just rock them in the chest and they'll just coast off. Oh, yeah. And you run a quarter mile, half mile to go get it. After doing that nine or ten times, I don't want to be swinging those 10-pound geese around anymore. So that's probably when I'll use it. Use it. Well, you know, you know you're, you, why don't you just take your shotgun and shoot it at 30 yards and then go, okay, there we go. It's finished. <laughs> well, shotgun, I think- shells are, shotgun shells are cheap. Yeah. I think, well, I think the deal is Matt just wants to do CrossFit. He doesn't want to, like, sign up for an actual class, so he just, he's out there just chasing birds right across the field so he can finish them. Yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah, that's how I do my exercise, man. <laughs> well, I know, I know just this last Saturday, Matt was so winded by the time, I think we shot him to two mollies of mallards when he was out of the pit because he chased the goose to the end of the field took one shotgun shell missed with the shotgun shell and had to run it down and it was probably about half a mile down the field and it's like dude 
I bet next time you, I bet next time you grab extra shelves. <laughs> Dude, I hit the point. You know when like you were in like high school or middle school and you're conditioning and you're like, "Dude, I don't know, man." Like, uh, and you really got to dig deep. I had to dig deep. Like, how bad do I want this juice right now? <laughs> it was one of those things where I like literally like off the shotgun and just pull out sprint and just dove on top of it and i was like no more <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and yeah it. i like triggers i think they hit two or three different volleys of ducks because i would i would run and i would only get about 100 yards and I'd be like okay i got higher i gotta stop and then i'd hear them and i'd look around oh here they come you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dude that's awesome yeah, I love field hunting ducks because you you know when they're coming, you know, because they no matter how high they are, they lock those wings and start funneling down, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is gonna get greasy. And when they're coming in the field, dude, I mean, you can throw whatever call you want to throw at them when they're coming. I mean, you can <laughs> you can throw a freaking pintail call at them when they're coming. I they're they're coming. Yeah, they see those spinners and they're like, that's exactly where I want to go. <laughs> Oh, they lock up from so high. Like, we were in North Dakota and, like, just this past weekend, and they were dropping from the clouds. Like, they'll be flying two yeah, miles yeah. off the roost, and then all of a sudden they're 1,000 feet high, and then they see the spinners and just woof. Yep. Is there still a lot of brown ducks in North Dakota, or is it, or are the big mallards starting to kind of funnel through? Yeah, it's, like, all big mallards now. It's, like, they're there ain't any brown ducks left even in minnesota there's not even like you won't see any brown ducks now it's just all mallards and stuff like that yep yeah and we're still we're still packed full of freaking gadwall widgeon teal yeah i I don't think they're gonna ever leave because it's 70 degrees it feels like mexico in the winter time here (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. They're trying to tell us, like, uh, you, you guys are doing the wrong thing right now, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because how cold does it get down there, like, in the middle of winter? Like, will it get pretty cold? I mean, last the last three years, I think that it, it's been a very, very, very mild winter where it's 50 degrees in January still. I mean, it does. I mean, we do get the, the low temps of, you know, 20, 20 degrees when it's 50 but then there's also days where it gets down to zero. I mean, we get negative 20 from time to time. I mean, it's we're so it's been such a drastic difference in winters the last three years that I can't I can't even tell you what a cold winter is anymore because I don't even have to break out the the heavy duty long johns or the heavy coat or the heavy bibs. I hunt in jeans and a sweatshirt practically 90 percent of the year. Yeah. Back oh. in the day. There used to always be at least one or two weeks where it never got above freezing. And of those two weeks, at least five days, it never got much above 10, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Like always at zero or below zero. The coldest hunt I think I've ever hunted was like negative five or like negative seven, somewhere in there with the wind blowing real bad. Yeah. And that's when you get on those those skinny mallard hunts and you don't have to go out till noon. Uh, yeah, that those are fun. Yeah. The geese, the the geese when it when it's that cold, they won't go out until the afternoon. They'll just chill all morning. Oh or yeah. They'll, or they'll sit on the river for three or four days and not even get up. There's a time where it went it was three three or four days that we didn't even see the birds leave the roost. That 
it's like, well, hopefully they get up one of these days because we got clients here and the bird's <laughs> not going to fly. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. That's like us up here too. I mean, they start feeding once a day, like right about now. And then like some days they're just like, nope, not going to get off the roost. It's too warm here. Like, I'm just going to stay. You guys can go hunt and we're not going to leave. <laughs> like, a lot of waste, a lot of wasted days. Oh yeah. Especially like this time of year when they just are not about getting up until 1 p.m. Like, do you guys, do you guys get your your nocturnal birds? Do they start turning nocturnal on you guys up north? Uh, not a ton, but they will. Like every once in a while, like I want to say last weekend. Last week it was we pulled out to the field, uh, one of our feeds, and we're going out there and like we're hearing something, and it's just a dry cornfield, and we pull up and there's like. 200 out there and this is 4 a.m 3 30 oh, we're like why are you still in the field like yeah, they, they're like why, why would we not be <laughs> yeah like i'm like okay so it's pitch blackout and we have 200 geese in our field like that's chill and then they just jumped water the rest of that morning I was like, that's sweet that you guys fed all night. Then your hunt was a bust. You're sitting there like, well, we maybe shouldn't even throw the decoys out. The geese are already, our feed was already here. We bumped them out. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah, in the dark. Like, I've rarely ever seen that ever. And I'm just like, that's, that's sick. That is so cool. Like that is yeah. that is that made my morning right there. <laughs> like, well, we, I guess I guess when you start bringing spotlights and just leave the decoys out and we'll, we'll go kill them at nighttime. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have a lot of guys that do that that leave the decoys out year round? Like, we'll have got like guys up in Fergus like Falls. Spread one time and don't move it. Yeah, like guys up in Fergus, they'll leave spreads out all year round. And just like run the pits, which is like a really good area because they have like a bunch of power plants up there. So like the birds will always be up there, but now they close the power plant like this year. So I don't know how that's going to turn out for them. I have heard that, that those guys, those guys is rain up there in Fergus might be coming to an end. I have heard that. And I, I heard that up in, there's one to the north of it in Canada too, that always stays open too, that I heard that a power plant that stay, that's closing. I think don't quote me on that. Yeah. I'm sure someone will correct me, but I, I thought that there was some, there was one up in Saskatchewan too, that was closing down. And that, yeah, that they're worried that that's going to send a lot of birds to a different area. I don't know if they'd even go south or east or west or what. I mean, they can come they can west. We won't be too upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can hop the state. Yeah. Like, state or state and a half. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, no. yeah. And when you think about what's north of us, like it's like just the badlands of South Dakota. So like really... There's nothing, nothing, and Western North Dakota isn't really that heavy of an area for for waterfowl, is it? I mean, I know guys do well over there, but it's not known as much as the eastern part, right? Of Minnesota, or no, South Dakota, you're saying? No, 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 North Dakota, or North Dakota. No, we'll like, dude, you will. We did. Uh, we went all the way west last year, 
and it was really, really it was really good like there was a lot of snow there was a lot of specks chase those around huh. like good amount of ducks and big geese like you just got to hit it not many people hunt over there though like i you run into more moose hunters and pheasant hunters and then there's like a moose hunters that would crack me up yeah like dude you'll be scouting around and there'll just be moose ripping everywhere but like it's crazy because like we'll be on the border of like canada and montana and there's just moose everywhere moose hunters and then we ran into one other waterfall group and it was a bunch of locals and hunted with them for a couple days and like that was all we saw for spreads like there was nothing else so it's like kind of slept on out west not gonna lie like yeah that's not not a bad thing yeah exactly like i'm not complaining (laughs) yeah Yeah. because i hear people that go up to eastern north dakota and it's like if you don't camp out in the field all night you're not gonna have the field the next day yeah oh 100 percent and like the nice thing about when we go hunt when we go hunt eastern north dakota like our buddies up there they already have a bunch of fields that um only they can get on so they'll go post them and so like they'll post a bunch of fields that they like the farmers give them permission to and uh so then nobody nobody can hunt them if they're posted um so then if they do see someone out there if someone calls them they'll be like yeah like you guys can't hunt out there we already got whatever so that's like the nice thing about hunting with them out east Oh yeah, I just I just keep posting signs in the back of my pickup, and I just go pound them in just for fun. They're like, "Yeah, this is my field." Sorry, it's posted. <laughs> you missed you missed the uh, you missed the uh, the sign, bud. Nice try, though. <laughs> oh yeah, they were telling me there was a guy that was doing that, and he would just go rip around like he would just drive around and just post every single field, no matter if he had permission to post them or not. <laughs> And it, like <laughs> this dude just ripping it like every day, just posting just random fields, and he said it was hilarious. Well, like, that's the farmers down. are probably happy as hell because they're like, well, at least I don't have to worry about people rutting up my fields and yeah. messing shit up. Yeah, that's why like the farmers will let them post it because it's like yeah, that way you don't have a bunch of like traffic in there just ripping your fields up. Like we've. Like, a lot of farmers around here, too, are like, yeah, as long as you don't create a highway in my field, like, you're good. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah no. I practically, I have, a, I have a highway to my freaking goose pit already <laughs> from driving in and out and on. I think we've already been, I think we've hunted it probably eight, probably six times in the last 10 days. Oh, wow. And and I think we shot 100, 120 geese out of it, I think, so far, and like 80 ducks. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll just have to get a road grader or something out there and get rid of the road. I'm just going to go buy a bale of hay or a bale of of corn and roll it on the road so it don't compact the field down anymore. I'm a farmer, so I mean, I have to to handle everything, that all the traffic and everything that goes in and out of the field, so I try keeping it one road and one road only. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, like the field I got, one of the feeds I got permission on last night, he's like, yeah, so many guys you got coming out of here. I'm like, oh, I don't know, probably like six or eight, something like that. He's like, yeah, as long as you don't have six or eight trucks out there, you'll be fine. But if that happens, then we're going to have a problem. I'm like, yeah, no worries. 
Like, well, funny thing, yeah, we'll pack in two, two trucks, and yeah. that'll be it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, it'll probably just be either my truck, maybe another. He's like, yeah, it'll be fine as long as there's not a huge highway through this field. I'm like, yep, that won't be a problem. Because are you guys, is there guys in ground froze up there yet, or is it kind of still pretty soft and greasy? So it was frozen pretty good. I mean, there's still snow in some spots, but like we, uh, with this warm temp of getting up to like 50 it'll grease them up a little bit there's no question about it and like one of the feeds that i just got your guys' dirt's different ain't it your guys' dirt's really slick and really heavy right yeah it's like just really thick black dirt that like you can just tear up in the mud like it's not like the sandy (laughs) stuff you guys got down there yeah yeah I'm sitting here going through the field right now, looking at, looking at. It looks like river rock. I don't know. I don't know how anything grows out here. Yeah. But yeah, no. Like if we get, like if it really warms up, and like even like the slightest bit of rain, your truck's gonna be covered in mud. Like, it's gonna be absolutely caked and like. Unless you're hunting like a stock chop cornfield where there's like a good bottom on it, um, you're gonna tear it up. Like the tilled field I just got, it's like a tilled cornfield. But I mean, if it if it thaws out enough, it'll get greasy. But it, like you'll like you're not gonna be creating a bunch of tracks in there. Yeah, they love them tilled fields. Oh, they love it. Then it's just like, come on, just land in a stock chop cornfield, like. Give me some goddamn good hiding this thing. <laughs> the tilled fields are hard to hard to hide in. That's for sure. You got to get creative. Oh yeah, like we've we've tried it all, and they they'll start doing it. Like throwing up decoys out around your blinds, they don't even care, and they're just so dumb right now too. Yeah. They're just so food hungry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Helps. Yeah. So we, like, just hunt, we just hunt the edge. If it's a tilled field, we just hunt the edge. It's way easier and. Hunt out of an upright, upright blind is way better than laying on your back for yeah. five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do, you guys no probably don't, do you guys have a lot of pivots out in your fields? Yeah, we'll have a lot, like a decent, like down here, we'll have a decent amount of pivots. Um, like where you can we'll, hide on the pivot point. Yeah, I love doing that. Like that's, that's the way to do yeah. it. Um, but like we have a lot yeah. of field, like. Like the field drainage ditches I was telling you guys about. Um, there's a lot of those that you can run like A-frames along. But this year the A-frames like haven't been super nice to us. Um, the birds just wanted to keep landing in the middle of the field. So I'm like, ah, it's not super ideal. So you just got to make uh, do. I was wondering how long it was going to take for the a I, I That's one of, my, one of my predictions is I think eventually – the bird well i mean guys have been doing that type of thing for a long time so they're never gonna like fully figure it out but i i I think as the season progresses as they get more and more pressured because i've seen more and more people doing that style of hunting yeah i i do i do see how that how you can hit a point to where like those birds are only hitting the middle of the field yeah uh, and that's where they want to be yeah exactly that's what like we, like last year. The old layout, when you got to bring the old layouts out that no one likes. Yep, yep. <laughs> like we were Unless doing. It's good. Everyone. Yeah. 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 We did a lot of A-frame hunting last year, and it was good. And then this year, it's been like 
not the best. But I don't know. So we've been kind of switching it back to layouts, just trying to run those and see what we can do with that. But yeah. Been being yeah. successful with that. Yeah, we've been pretty good with the layouts. They've been they've been eating it up, so can't really complain on that. But yeah. Yeah, it's tried and true. The layouts are. If you can get decoys to hide yourself and you can, you know, camo it in good enough, it's definitely tried and true. I remember in high school we'd even go so far as to we would take shovels and dig the layout blinds in so they didn't make such a shadow. Yeah. Oh, that too. Like but like our ducks up here are so dumb that like they really could care less if there's a layout or not like yeah that's kind of once we get the cold weather to get them into survival mode our ducks will be that way too our ducks will like Craiger said they'll go straight nocturnal uh, unless it's cold enough I I don't know why or if it's an adaptation or what but they the the only way you can hope hope to kill them is you kill some in the morning coming back to water and then you kill some in the last 30 minutes at night yeah that's really your only hope when that happens. Well, a duck only has to feed for like five minutes. It don't. It's not like a goose that'll land out in a field and sit there for two hours. Yeah. A duck will literally go out the last thirty minutes of life, get a mouthful of food or corn, and then be back on the river, and you wouldn't even bat an eye. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I hear you on that. I. Yeah, it's the only thing the geese can get smart. But that's about it. Like the ducks are just if they if they're in that field they're yeah. gonna come back. Like no they're matter the what. Girl, huh? Yeah. Like you love to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah as, soon as, as soon as we start seeing big honkers, that's the that's the biggest like starry eyed you'll ever see me. Because it's like man, I'm not on the stream on a call anymore. I can literally just fucking moan and do all the lower end <laughs> stuff and it's like man. That was nice. Yeah. I think I blew my lung out the last week calling at these little geese because it's like, blah, 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 and screaming as loud as possible. You know what I mean? It's super effective, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, lose your voice. I don't know what it is about those geese, but it seems like when you let up on that call, they're like, oh, yeah, those aren't little geese, but those are hunters. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it almost seems like you really do have to freaking rail them almost all the way in. I remember seeing seeing videos. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I thought it was kind of like the ducks where once they're coming, you know, it's kind of the rest of the calling is just kind of for show at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You you call at ducks if they if they hit the corner and they're not coming. You know what I mean? You hit them with the comeback call, or if they're not squaring up exactly the way you want, you hit them with a quack or two or a feeder chuckle to to let them know like, hey, this this is where you want to land, not on the other end of the spread, but like. I always thought with little geese that was like you know what I mean, just like a guy showing off that they were really good at calling. Yeah. But yeah, we I, we learned chasing them that you almost have to freaking just you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. Just railing on it. Yeah. Lose your voice doing that. <laughs> yeah. Are you when you go chase down a goose and get back in? You're like, man, dude. This is, I need to either start working out or something because this is not this is not made to me. <laughs> beer and beer and steak and nachos ain't doing me so good right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dude, I hear you on that. Like, yeah, you really start huffing and, and puffing. I eat a lot of gas station pizza. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's no doubt. Like that gas station food throughout hunting season, oof. That'll tear you a new one. Yeah, 10 o'clock. You're like, man, 10 o'clock is kind of early to eat a slice of pizza, but it's also there's no breakfast here, so it's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then you go, yeah. Oh, I agree on that. And then have a beer after the hunt or whatever it is. Like, yeah. That's big there facts. There ain't a better, there ain't a more satisfying beer than one after just absolutely annihilating the birds and cleaning the birds. You sit there and drink a beer with your hands all bloody, and you're like, man, it never <laughs> tastes so damn good. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, we were talking about that on uh, my most recent one. You guys got to uh, put some pickles in your beer. I'm telling you, man. Dude, I like pickle juice. I did see that. I did see that and hear that, and I am. I actually am going to try that. Like I didn't get off to like midnight last night, and I worked like midnight tonight. And I'm gonna try that as soon as I get a night off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like a, I'm more of a beer. I'm a beer stall guy. Yeah, I have like eight. I have like three or four in my pickup. They're scattered all over my house. <laughs> like my chicks, like you're gonna die of high cholesterol. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> literally have to hide the salt at the kitchen table from me so he's like you either get it with your beer or you get it with your food you gotta pick one or the other and it's kind of hard to shy away from the beer because it just tastes so damn good so salt in your beer that's your kind of deal yeah I'm I'm like a lime beer salt guy really I've never tried that before what kind of it's pretty good what kind of beer drinker are you are you are you a crafty beer or are you like just a normal guy dude i like my bush light that's uh i love that yeah i love to hear it you're a normal man you aren't one guy that wants to go sit at a brewery and drink nine nine percent beer and get fucked up on one (laughs) dude i like sour beers though i will say i love sour beers yeah no i've i love it i've had a few of them they're not they're not as good as my old good bush light like no no and when you when you buy it you're like dude i could have bought six bush lights for that <laughs> for that one beer <laughs> exactly like oh that's awesome the only difference is i guess i guess if you're trying to watch out for your girly figure probably those nine or ten percent beers are probably the way to go because it's like man i drink one i'm buzzed up already yeah <laughs> be driving. <laughs> oh, I exactly. need to go since we we literally live like an hour and a half, less than two hours from the Budweiser, like uh, brewery there in Fort Collins. Yeah, I I need to go down there and try some like fresh out of the tap, some stuff fresh out of the tap. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I hear. Isn't that who makes Bush Anheuser? Is, is is that right? Or I don't I don't know my beer companies well enough. Yeah, Bush. Um, I want to say I don't know where it's from originally. I'm trying to think of where it's at. Where they make it, I don't know. But like, it, 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 it's its own. It's its own. It's its own. That's why it's Anheuser Busch. Now that I'm like putting two and two together. Yeah. Yeah, Budweiser. Budweiser makes their own. I mean, Bud Light. I mean, they're they're all their own place, but. There's only yeah, Coors is up there in Colorado too, right? Yeah, the Coors and Budweiser. Yeah. That's what's in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah you would be for cool. the good beers. I mean, I know they have a million craft beers. I'm sure that are made there. Oh, oh shit. Oh yeah, there's so many. <laughs> like, it's yeah, they're, they're Boulder everywhere. Boulder is a good time though. Boulder, Denver. That is a good time. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's that's a good time when when it's Rona free. I suppose right now it wouldn't be such a good time. 
Yeah. Oh, that'd be a blast to go out there and do that. Like, well, I do want to hunt on the front range, too. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Is, is the coronavirus pretty fucking serious up in your guys' neck of the woods, or is it kind of just... Oh, yeah. Are you? Do you live more like in a vacant area that's kind of like western Nebraska where there's like 60,000 people in a 200-mile radius? No, yeah. They, they get pretty hard on it up here. Like, if you aren't wearing a mask in, like, the city, like, they're going to tear you a new one. And, like, now they now now I'm hearing they're going to close bars, restaurants, all that kind of stuff for four weeks. Same with gyms, all Again? that kind of stuff. That's what they're saying right now. Well, I saw Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is doing, if you leave the state of Pennsylvania, or if you're, like, I guess, if you're going into the state of Pennsylvania, you have to have a test within 72 hours of entering. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah, it's getting crazy. It's so and dumb. And one of my buddies got tested, uh, like, uh, this earlier this week, and it said he said it took him like three days to get his test back. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm just, I'm worried in that aspect that if a lot of states follow suit, that guys, the clients are going to be like, you know, man, like I, I I can't like I can't miss three or four more days of work on top of what I have off. You yeah. Know? Oh, exactly. Like, I'm taking five days of work off. I can't take three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to quarantine when you pull back in, that's that's 14-day mandatory. I mean, that's a little extreme, but I guess it is what it is. We aren't in control of it. Yeah. No. And luckily, we don't have a ton of, you know, like... We have a hundred percent rebooking rate as of right now. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood. But yeah. uh, so, a lot of our guys, like I just had a guy that is having some health problems that isn't COVID related, but he, he's like, man, like I just like I want to go when my back, you know what I mean, when I can actually like enjoy it and not sit there and because he's like, I, I guarantee you, whatever, whatever we're doing, like whether it's this pit blind or whether it's an a-frame or wherever we're at my back's gonna hurt this year like i need to get it taken care of and luckily with our clients we're on the same level of like okay you know you're already paid so let's just you just get the same dates next year and let's do it you know what i mean like yeah those are those are good dates so we'll just move it back give me even more time to maybe find even more places to go yeah but yeah this year we didn't spend you know hundred thousand dollars trying to lock down every single little thing we could we luckily we Krager bought a house and we have a really nice setup to build a lodge which we were going to try and do that that was going to be our you know big investment this past summer but we kind of decided with COVID and everything that we were going to kind of wait on it a bit and see what happens yeah and uh, see just because you know I I we're not in this to get super rich like we obviously love doing it and the idea is to kill birds and the, the idea is to not go bankrupt doing it obviously yeah. but we're not doing it we don't expect to you know buy million dollar houses from this outfitter like <laughs> we, oh, just, yeah. we just want to we we just want to support because we already want we already want to take them four or five days out of the week anyways like it's it's something we're gonna be doing so we might as well we're at the point we've killed I think Crager can probably agree with me on this I can't speak for him but we've gotten on such good hunts and we've pulled the trigger so much that it's like 
the satisfaction of looking over and seeing someone's face as they pulled the trigger, you know, or like what my favorite thing to do when we got big spins, Craigers, Craigers a lot better at calling than I do. And I kind of, I back him up. I do his background noises and that kind of stuff. And we, we team call quite a bit, but I'll look around in the pit as the birds are circling. I'll be like, are you guys ready? Like they're going to come right out front. You know, like, yeah, I, I like getting people jacked up and I, I like when people are real jacked up. And so that's, that's something that, I love to see. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you, dude. Yeah. Hey, so boys, we're uh, running on some time here. So, is there anything else that you wish we would have covered before we end things off here? I think we're. I think we're pretty good. I think we got the 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 gist of stuff covered in one night. Yeah, we covered a lot. I know. I know you need to make it down to Nebraska sometime and compound some birds down here. That'd be awesome. Different scenery and whatnot. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be a blast. Yeah, we'll have to. Do you guys kill a lot of teal up there for teal season? Yeah, there's not a teal season, but like we'll kill a good amount of teal up here. Do you guys have duck seasons that are open like at the beginning of September? Yeah, so our duck season opens the first or like the third weekend of September, and then it's open for a week, and then it closes for two weeks. And then it's like our regular season after that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I know teal season down here is always really good in Lincoln, and I, that can't be too far of a shot for you. So you always got me too on the eastern part. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. I'm going to have to try to make something happen. And then you guys, if you're ever up in Minnesota and want to come chase some big geese, you got to make it up. I, I know, dude, I know Minnesota's on top, on top of the list to go one of these years because I don't know. I, I follow Joe Hines on Instagram or on on Snapchat, and whatnot, and just the big, big freaking migration groups. It's like, dude, that looks like a, a completely different style of hunting than what we're used to. We're used to, oh, it's nine o'clock, the birds are going to start coming out, and they're going to feed till eleven, and then be done. Yeah. There, it's like they can start flying at any time. I mean, you just just look to the north and just wait. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, boys, that was awesome. Thanks again, and we'll have to do another one. Absolutely, Absolutely. man. We'll definitely definitely be in touch. All right, boys, I'll catch you later. All right. Sounds good, man. Yeah, bye. And that wraps things up today for episode 21 of Living the Guide Life with the other guys' outfitters. Chatted about, you know geese coming from montana and that flight pattern and then able to you know running pits out in western nebraska or hunting you know little creeks and stuff like that you know just a different change of scenery for me and uh really cool to hear those experiences and stuff like that so i hope you guys learned something too and i hope you guys enjoyed (laughs) 